Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six, I'm pretty sure, of the Case Time Podcast. I keep calling it the Case Time Podcast. It's Case Time Podcast. I think you can put the in front of it. (laughs) It's up to interpretation what you choose to do. But welcome to Case Time Podcast, hosted by myself, Tyle Girwar. And Pooja Girwar. (laughs) And I think at this point where... There's like a statistic that says podcasts typically don't make it past like 10 episodes. So we're like over halfway to beating that statistic. Just 40% to go. Yep. Four more episodes. Also, I know we've been historically uploading episodes on a Wednesday and we're recording this on a Wednesday, but um, a little miss girly gal named Hurricane Hurricane Adalia. (laughs) decided no decided to make itself known and my sister's in tampa florida so we were not able to record last night no but all is good it missed the bay it did and yeah for me at least obviously some people were impacted yeah i think they said cedar point was pretty badly affected so i saw a thing where people weren't even leaving like they just didn't want to leave cedar no Yeah, but then, like, the TikTok videos I saw of Cedar Point, it was just, like, holy cow. Really? This girl was, like, I'm not going anywhere. And then within, like, an hour, basically the whole bottom floor of her house, like, flooded out. And then this guy who was legitimately, like, on the coast, like, you could just see the rush of water come in. And, I mean, like, people like to make humor, like, make jokes in light of, like, awful situations. And they were watching. I think they were living in an apartment complex. And the in-ground pool was, like, covered. And this like massive wall of just water just came in. And one of the top comments goes, well, at least you have an infinity pool now. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, uh. But anywho, we're getting off the track here. And I wanted to introduce the case that we'll be talking about this week, which is the disappearance slash death of Eliza Lamb. You know, I learned about this case when we went to california in 2013 for the first time 2012 really well must have been whenever it happened it yeah had recently happened Hmm. and it really freaked me out because we were staying at a hotel Mm -hmm. and we were by ourselves and it it (laughs) and it made me question everything because i was like does this taste a little funny to you oh yeah you'll yeah 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 but for those of you who don't know about eliza lamb this is a pretty popular case and if you don't know who this person is once i get to a certain part of their story i pretty much guarantee that you'll probably have heard of this case or seen a very infamous video associated with this case so eliza lamb is a girl who was born on april 30th of 1999 in British Columbia, Canada. She was born in 99? Yeah. I didn't know she was my age. Oh, yeah, she is, actually. Yeah. My she's gosh, she's in... only a month older than me, then. Wait. That's awesome. Are you sure she was born in 99? I'm pretty sure. We're doing some real-time fact-checking, folks. Eliza Lamb. Oh, I'm sorry. April 30th of 1991. That's my mistake. Okay, that makes more sense. Sorry, that was my view. 
Um, she was born in British Columbia, Canada, and she was born to David and Yina Lam, who immigrated from China and who live now in Canada. And she has a sister named Sarah. Eliza Lam was also known by her Cantonese name of Lam Ho Yi. And I apologize if I didn't pronounce that correctly. But I wanted to give a background on who Eliza Lam was. Eliza Lam was a student at the University of British Columbia and was really active on social media. I think before her disappearance slash death, she wasn't invo- involved in any classes, but I don't know if that was true or not. But she I think wasn't. she was really active on Tumblr, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she started out on a blog called that she named Ether ether fields on a site known as blogspot where she like posted a lot of images of models who were like in different outfits like it kind of sounds like pinterest in a way of where you can like pin collage or like you know make collages and stuff for people to see and on tumblr was kind of like that tumblr was like that too for sure but on blogspot she also shared a lot of her like struggles with her mental health and she was on blogspot from like i think mid-2010 till about 2012 and wrote how she had a relapse in her mental health when school started and because of this relapse in her mental health she had to drop a couple of classes and that made her like really nervous about the whole situation because she struggled obviously with her mental health and had to take some time for herself but worried that dropping those classes would like impact her chances of going to graduate school which sucks because you shouldn't really have to explain a gap. Like, clearly, no. you can't just be going hardcore since we were Preschool. born and enrolled in the school. Like, Honestly. it's really healthy to take a gap in between. Yeah. In it, my opinion. I completely agree. I mean, like, what else are you supposed to do? You have to, like, prioritize how you're feeling. And if you don't, I mean, it could just harm you in the long run. But she ended up changing social media sites away from Blogspot to Tumblr. And on Tumblr, she had a blog that she called Novelle Nouveau, and she posted fashion images and posted quotes that were in her own words that I think reflected her mental state, a lot of like her mental health. It was kind of like subtweeting, but you sub repost kind of. Yeah. And then you could like Tumblr because I used to be a big Tumblr girl. (laughs) I I used to love Tumblr as a kid. I had Tumblr on my phone until probably recently. I had it, but I didn't go on it, but I was just really holding on to the past, I I guess. I don't know. I used to read, like, ghost stories or, like, read paranormal stuff on there, and Mm. obviously, like, Tumblr. Now I just switched to Reddit. Mm. Reddit is a rabbit hole. But I want to take some time to talk about um, Eliza's struggles with her mental health. Um, As I said, she's had some issues with her mental health and it was like known issues and she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression she was on a couple different medications what age was she again when she passed away um she was born in 1991 she passed away in 2013 so okay so she was like early 20s mm-hmm. okay yeah, yeah i wonder if that i mean not to cut you off or anything but mm-hmm. those like those disorders are usually misdiagnosed around those ages Mm -hmm. so I wonder if like maybe that's why she was really struggling with it especially back in 2012 
2011. Yeah, and I mean, like, her parents are really, really private about discussing her mm. mental health. It's, like, not something that they like to do publicly. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, they make it, from what I've seen online, I apologize for that background noise in the back. Somebody decided to, like, rev their engines really loud. But from what it seems like, it seems like it's been a struggle for her. I don't think it was, like, a recent thing. Okay. Yeah, I, I could be wrong, but I think she's struggled with it yeah. for a while. But it also could be like maybe they don't want to entertain that idea or they just don't think she would struggle. Like, I wonder why she doesn't, they don't speak about it as a current. Sometimes I wonder if it's because of culture. I mean, certain cultures mm, don't that's really want to talk about those kinds of struggles or, you know, don't pay too much mind to it when they should. Yeah. Um, but we have to understand that she comes from like a different background yeah but because of her bipolar disorder and depression she was on a couple different medications and I'm going to list them and tell you like what they did Um, and I just want to make it clear that these medications and like what they treat and what I'm going to tell you they're going to treat is just what I found off of google that doesn't necessarily mean that this is what she was using it for but I just Mm -hmm. want you to get an idea of how how many different medications she was on so she was on Wellbutrin, which is an antidepressant. She was on Lamotrigine, and that's an Lamotrigine. Lamotrigine, yes, and that is an anticonvulsant that can be used to treat bipolar disorder. She was on Quetiapine, which can be used for schizophrenia, acute manic episodes, and also be used as an adjunctive treatment for major depressive disorder. She was on Dexedrine, Samsul which can be used to treat ADHD and narcolepsy. And she was on venlaxifen, which is used for depression. So she's on a lot of different things here. Lamotrigine is very dangerous. Is it? Like, I know somebody who was on it. Really? And it, like, can, like, literally can cause seizures. Like, you're convulsing. Like, it's really, really dangerous. Like, prescribe off-label to treat a symptom of mental disorder especially that early on in your life yeah and I mean I didn't know that it could like actually induce seizures so that's crazy but you have to think of all these different meds too working together like I it just seems like so many different mixes of meds and I feel like they used to really just throw a concoction of medication at people back in the day and they still do yeah and hope that oh now people are trying to be more cautious of the fact that you can't Mm -hmm. prescribe away mental illness all the time no and so uh, even though Eliza struggled with her mental health and was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression she did not as far as anybody is aware express any suicidal ideations and as far as anybody was aware had no suicide attempts and apparently in the past she had been known to go missing for like a short period of time and was known to like miss taking her meds which resulted in her experiencing hallucinations which Mm. would cause her to hide under her bed and those withdrawals are powerful oh yeah i mean i don't even know how much of the stuff she was taking i assume it probably wasn't small doses um but i mean that's a lot of different meds and the withdrawal from that (laughs) I yeah that's intense and apparently she's also been hospitalized in the past for these hallucinations oh yeah I didn't know that Mm -hmm. 
Well, it does sound like a strict, like a really rigorous medication regime. Like it doesn't yeah. really sound like somebody who just is seeking out a therapist one time. Would right. Get. Yeah. So as she got older, well, I mean, obviously she's, she's older at this point, but she decides to take like a solo trip to California by herself. And in, she does this in 2013 and she just wants to go sightsee. And she posts on social media about, you know, some of the stops on her trip. She's using, I think, a mixture of like Amtrak and buses to get around, but she's completely by herself. And she's from Canada. So obviously, I mean, the United States isn't that foreign of a country, but she's still by alone. And she goes to- Still really big. It's still really big. And she was like, I think she posted photos at the San Diego Zoo. So like people could check in on social media, like where she was. And on January 26th of 2013, Eliza Lamb was in LA. And about two days later, which is about January 28th of 2013, she checks into a hotel in downtown Skid Row. That's called the Cecil Hotel. And well, is it really? I think it's like not technically in Skid Row, but it's like one block away from Skid Row, right? I think it might be in Skid Row, really, because I feel like or, a lot of people book it and don't know that it's in Skid Row, or alarmingly close to Skid Row. Like it might as well be in Skid Row, but I do think it is a little, a little out. But yeah, if you're not familiar out. with the downtown like Skid Row and like what Skid Row is. It's essentially like a pretty bad area of town, which has a very condensed homeless population. And in the early 2000s, it was used as a site for patient dumping and has a very high like crime rate, but is also on the flip side, uh, actually home to very many artists because it borders like an arts district. But all in all, it's really not the best area to be, especially if you're like alone and by yourself. It was like created by the government there. Yeah. Or that yeah and the patient dumping too i mean like if you're not familiar with patient dumping it's like if say a homeless person or somebody with no real like legitimate housing or anywhere to go goes to a hospital they're treated from the hospital they leave instead of the hospital setting them up with resources or connecting them with resources of how to like find a safe place to stay they'll literally just dump them on the streets and oftentimes reintroduce at least at that time when patient dumping was a problem the hospitals would end up reintroducing them basically to the same environment that they struggled in which would kind of create this cycle of tons of patients who needed care and then we get dumped back on on the streets i mean they do that to prisoners now so yeah but i don't know if you know but that's why Intala became a thing if you've ever heard of it i think so um so if you're not familiar with Intala, Intala is the emergency medical treatment and labor act and it basically like stops patient dumping from happening because in around that time, patient dumping wasn't like just limited to the streets. If you went to a hospital and like you didn't have the right insurance or, you know, anything like that, like they could turn you away or just send you to a different hospital and like dump you somewhere else. Um, but after is that and- like specifically in one state or is that a federal? No, thing? it was like a nationwide thing. And MTAL is also nationwide. But it's like a government, it's like a federal initiative to stop that from happening. And so that way, 
that's why if you go to any hospital, regardless of your ability to pay or who you are, or where you come from, they're going to treat you and they're not going to send you away. Like that's... for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, they like have to treat you. I mean, like I we used to work in an emergency department and we would get people who, I mean, you have people come in who are unconscious. They can't even tell you their name. You're not going to wait to figure out who they are or, you know, we'd pick up not pick up, but we'd get like known homeless people and we'd always treat them. We wouldn't treat them any differently. As you should. Exactly. It's not their fault. Um, so at this point, she's checked into the CISO Hotel. It's in downtown Skid Row. And I think actually the CISO Hotel is still in business. It is, but it got renamed. It got renamed, and the name CISO Hotel got covered up by accident. I don't know if you know that. I do. Um, it wasn't supposed to happen, but workers like painted over it. But it was weird because the CISO Hotel also tried to brand out to young people and has a hostel attached to it for like younger people to go to. So sometimes people will book the hostel. That'll be really big for foreigners because they're really big on that in like Europe and everything. I've yeah. seen hostels in Europe. Yeah, and like, but a lot of people who booked the hostel, like if you look it up, um, are just like, no, it's literally just the CISO Hotel. And they didn't know that it was associated with the CISO Hotel. And the CISO Hotel has like a reputation. So people felt like they were very misled and they were like, I never would have booked it if I knew that that was where I was going. Yeah, I wouldn't be booking that. Uh, no, no, thank you. Um, so she checks into the hotel and I actually thought for a second the Cecil hotel was a hostel because she was she had a roommate in her hotel room, which I thought was hmm. interesting. But Cecil's not a hostel. And she so she shared a room with somebody like Maybe she was using it under the impression it was a hostel and they were using rooms to double up them. I mean, maybe, but there was a lot of shady stuff that happened at that hotel. So who? Yeah, true. But like hostels, you can rent a private room, but you just share it with a roommate. Yeah. But so she has a roommate. I don't know. They're on the fifth floor. That's not really relevant to the situation. Um, But apparently her roommate complained to the front desk and said that like they needed them to do something because she was exhibiting like really odd behavior and because of this odd behavior like after a couple of days with this roommate she actually got moved to her own private room wow That's yeah creepy. it's very creepy the manager who at the time for the CISO hotel which is a woman named amy price said that eliza left really really odd like notes for the roommate and there were things written on it that said like go away or go home and she would lock the door to the room and then you know childishly ask for a password to have her roommate like come back in i'd be running if i was the roommate like respectfully uh yeah that's why they uh you know demanded that she get her own room and also because she's like near la you know a lot of like tapings for tv shows and stuff happen near there so it was also reported that eliza lamb was escorted ignore the sirens behind me um off the premises of a conan taping because she was exhibiting very unruly behavior have they ever spoken out about that or is like were people there and they saw it um i don't think i ever really saw any real statement about it but to be honest it's not i wonder if the roommate 
Yeah, that's fair. I wonder if the roommate ever said anything later to like, yeah, I live with her. To be honest, I don't think they did. Because they did that whole like Netflix documentary about it. Unless they just declined to yeah. comment. But it might have been very like clear to what them what happened. So maybe they just weren't very interested in cons- like yeah. anything else. So I want to get into the disappearance of Eliza Lamb. And while she's on her like solo trip, she's checking in with her parents like every single day, except for the day of January 31st, 2013. And her parents, I don't know if it was like just an agreement they had or what, but on January 31st, she was supposed to check out of the Cecil Hotel and actually go to Santa Cruz but failed to do the check-in that she was supposed to have with her parents every day. And when they realized that they didn't get the check-in, they immediately called like LAPD and reported her missing and flew immediately immediately to LA to like help look for her. Damn. So they were like, that's really abnormal. Yeah, I think they might have. I mean, this is just speculation, but maybe they were just concerned because of her struggles with her mental health that if she's not answering, like she could be in danger or, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's where my mind would go. Yeah, I mean, they're doing their due diligence as parents. And so they fly out to LA and the police are involved. And the hotel staff said Eliza was alone earlier in the day on the 31st. And um, a like manager of a bookstore that's near the hotel said that she saw Eliza that day and that she was like a really friendly and outgoing person. What's the um, name of that bookstore? I don't know. I've been there. I know I've been there because I, I went to that bookstore when I went to LA to take myself on a weekend, not knowing that was the bookstore that Eliza Lamb was at. And then some dude, when I was trying to buy a book, came up to me and tried hitting on me. And then I had to, it took me like two hours to get him to leave. But he bought know. a book for me. Did yeah. he? He did. I didn't want him to, but he did. Is that the one that you washed in your washing machine? no no that book (laughs) I bought unfortunately but no I was at that exact bookstore and yeah it's not creepy that's really did you see the Cecil Hotel or no no it's not near the Cecil Hotel at Mm. all (laughs) like it might be a little bit but I wasn't near Skid Row so she had to travel there it was near a farmer's market though which is what brought me there huh interesting so yeah the owner of the bookstore said that she was like really friendly and outgoing and was like kind and that she was like buying gifts for her friends and family i've literally been there that's so creepy home. yeah that's honestly wild and like the last bookstore or something i think that's what it's called something that like that sounds, or the big fix yeah it's not yeah that sounds familiar because when i finally looked it up people were like eliza lane was last seen there and i was oh. like what you're like excuse me yeah no that's creepy that is really creepy. So uh, police looked like as much as they could for her in the hotel and like searched her room, searched areas where they thought maybe she could have like went to, but they obviously couldn't search every single room in the hotel because at this point, like they had no suspicion that foul play was involved and you have to have like reasonable cause to like be able to go through a lot of those areas. So they only kept it to where they thought she could be in like her actual room. But they didn't find anything. And then they brought in like sniffer dogs to see if they could pick up her scent anywhere, but they weren't able to catch the scent. Interesting. Yeah. So February 6th, realize this is like about 
six days, five, yeah, six days after she's disappeared. Um, police put out flyers with her image and post about her online and say that she's missing and ask for, you know, help from anybody to see if they've anybody's seen her. And nothing really comes of that. And February 13th, they put out a video that has been widely circulated around the internet. And this is the video that I'm telling you, if you're listening, you've probably seen it online. I mean, realize that this is only 2013. So this is still pretty current. It was but... very creepy when I saw it. I saw it back in 2013 and I did not like that. Uh, yeah, I agree. Also, we have about 10 minutes left. Before I really like dive into this video, maybe we should just take our break now and then come back and then we can do a little breakdown. Um, but before we go on break, if you want to support our podcast in any way, there's multiple ways that you could do so. You could interact with our podcast. You can comment. You can follow our podcast. You can listen to our podcast, obviously. Um, also, if you want to, you could potentially subscribe to our podcast monthly for $2.99 and you will get early access to our content and get it before everybody else does. But that's totally up to you. We really don't care about money. So honestly, interacting with our podcast is more than enough and would be amazing. Share it with yeah. your friends. Share Please. it with you. Close to your stories. Yeah. But we're going to take a little 10 minute break and we will be back. Bye. Welcome back. I feel to like the that was podcast. Welcome back to the Case Time Podcast. Did that feel like 10 minutes to you? No. I didn't think it did either. But it didn't. Maybe we hacked the system. We're using it so many times. They're giving it to us for free now. Maybe we're supposed to just like end it early. And then it'll let us start like a new meeting right away. I don't know. True. Oh. What? That's an idea. Starting it early? Yeah, before it kicks us off. I guess. I mean, we'll have to try it next time and see if it does it. But. Before we left off, we were discussing the like video that pretty much just went viral that was posted by the police to like help try to figure out what happened to Eliza. And I'm going to get into a play-by-play of that video. Now, it's only about two and a half seconds long, and essentially it's surveillance footage taken from inside of an elevator where there's like a camera. And this is known to be, this is suspected to be the last time Eliza Lamb was seen alive on video. I think it is the last time. I right? actually agree. I think it is too. It's it's like a stretch of a horror movie. Like, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, I watched it and I'm going to take you through like a play-by-play because obviously I can't show you if you're listening, but I can tell you what happens. So the video like starts and... Um, like I said it's two minutes and 30 seconds long and it starts with an elevator elevator doors opening and Eliza enters the elevator and if you're standing like in the back of the elevator and you're looking out the front um, the panel with all the buttons is on the right hand side and the left hand side has like no panels or buttons 
and she crouches down in front of the panel on the right hand side with the buttons and she pushes like a couple of the buttons and then she backs into like the back right corner of the elevator and she stares out of the elevator doors which are still open while she's already entered and like pushed a button what's her demeanor like in this it seems really like timid like it seems like she's trying to make herself small in the corner of the elevator and like when she kind of like peers out of the elevator it's like she's looking but i don't know it's it's weird already and she like so she steps out of the corner and she slowly walks to the open elevator doors and she like quick lunges out with like one foot in the elevator and one foot is in the hallway of the like in front of the elevator and she very quickly like whips her head like left and right left and right and is looking down each end of the hallway and like this happens super super fast because again that would be really scary to see you just imagine just like walking to the elevator well yeah and again this video is only two and a half seconds long two minutes and 30 seconds long oh and we've already done this much so she whips her head quickly like both ways and she hops back into the elevator but at this point she's now standing in the center of the elevator her back is facing the back of the elevator her front is facing the open door because again the front of the elevator still hasn't closed at this point and she steps into the center and then she kind of backs up and puts her back to the wall of the elevator like all the way back and just stares at the open door so then from there she backs into a different corner of the elevator and from where she's standing in the elevator it looks like she's peering down the hallway and she's just like staring and again the elevator doors are still open so how long how long has passed now uh i don't even think a minute so she remains in the elevator but stands in the she moves to like the basically the doorway of the elevator which is still open and stands like right where the doors would start to close and she's leaning on the side of the open elevator doorway and then she quickly hops out of the elevator and then if you've ever danced you know what a box step is but she basically box steps back into the elevator so she like leaning on the right hand side one step forward out of the elevator a step to the left still out but in front of the elevator a step back into the elevator and I think at this point, we're like over a minute and then the security footage. So she steps out of the elevator. She's back in the elevator after this box up. She steps out of the elevator again, but very slowly sidesteps to the left of the elevator. So she's standing out in front of like almost where you'd expect the buttons to be to call the elevator. And it's the left hand side. But most of her body is essentially out of frame, except for like a tiny sliver of her profile on her right hand side, which you can see through the camera because the elevator doors are still open. Kind of weird that they haven't even closed yet. Uh, yeah. So at this point, she's still outside of the elevator. We really can't see much of her. The doors to the elevator are still open. And the way she's positioned, like, the elevator door should have closed. I don't think she's like in front of any sensor. That wouldn't make any sense from where she's standing. Um, but from what we can see of just that tiny sliver of like the right hand side of her body, 
she seems to be moving her arms or at least her right arm around almost like she's talking to somebody but we don't see anybody which is weird that's interesting yeah so she stands outside in that position for like 15 to 20 seconds so she's out there for a while and then she comes back in and the way that she enters the elevator like she doesn't back in she enters it like you know walking into it like you normally would but she comes in with her hands like coming down from her head almost it's almost like she you know starts with them like you kind of have your hands up and then just brings them down but as she does that as she's entering the elevator she puts like both of her hands on each side of the open elevator door almost like for support to help her get in because the elevator doors are still open weird yes so then now she's back in the elevator and she's facing the front of the elevator again she's like and she's moved to the right hand side in front of the panels with the buttons and she bends down at the waist and like starts pushing all the buttons on the elevator she goes like up and down up and down up and down like hitting all of them a couple of times And after she's hit all the buttons a couple of times, she steps out of the elevator again and goes back to that same spot where her body is like barely in the frame. And we can only really see like the right hand like sliver of her body. And then she turns her body to the right. So like her side profile is facing the hallway to the right and she's in front of the open elevator doors that still haven't closed. And excuse me she can be seen talking very very animatedly with her hands and her fingers are splayed like as far as you probably could and she's like moving her hands and just talking and like really weird sporadic movements but her hands are like up near her head and again like her fingers are just like splayed like opened as far as you probably could and she's waving her arms she's you know, exhibiting some really odd mannerisms and she's like rotating her wrists in circles. And again, her hands are still like fully, you know, spread apart. Her fingers are spread apart while she's doing this. So then she starts making like close fisted motions with her fingers where her fingers are like spread apart and then like coming, you know, making a fist. And she's still facing the right hand side of this ele- of the hallway. And she's still standing out front of the outside of the elevator. The elevator doors are still open. And she's like weirdly crouching a little bit while she does all of this. And this whole like bit of her standing in front of the elevator, facing the right, moving her hands weird, that is like 20 to 30 seconds of the surveillance footage. And she's still in front of the elevator and the elevator doors are still open, which is weird. Well, her actions are a bit weird, but the elevator door is a little weird. I feel like those medicines she's on, if she did take them, could do that. Mm-hmm. And at this point, she like walks away from the elevator. She turns left and then she exits the view of the camera. And that's the last she's ever seen. And then the elevator door closes. Which is weird. And like... Some people speculate, like, kind of like you said, that her behavior was due to her meds or maybe, like, having missed some meds. Um, And then some other people actually think that her behavior was to get the doors of the elevator to close, which I don't really buy too much because I don't know why you'd be outside. Um, But 
a lot of people think that she was actually going through a mental break at that point which could be possible due to how many meds she's taken so on february 19th of 2013 people who were staying at the Cisa hotel called the front desk and complained about their rooms having like really weirdly low water pressure and some people said this like couple who i think was vacationing from england um they said that the water coming out of the tap in their room was like black and that it actually had like an odd kind of a taste to it uh so that freaked me out so the hotel staff like sent a maintenance worker out onto the roof of the hotel to check the water tanks because of all the complaints that they got to make sure that they were like working properly and the maintenance worker who checked one of these tanks was like horrified to see the body of Eliza Lamb who is deceased at this point floating face up in the water of one of the tanks and the tank that Eliza Lamb was found on was known to provide water to rooms a kitchen and a coffee shop <gasps> yeah so once her body's been found the cops are obviously called and the tank was drained and cut open since the service hatch on the tank on the tank was like pretty small um in order to get eliza's body out and on february 21st the coroner ruled her death uh to be an accidental drowning and that her mental health and her bipolar disorder were significant factors in her death Her body was found in a moderate state of decomposition, including marbling and skin slippage, and showed no signs of physical trauma, sexual assault, or suicide. And toxicology reports showed she was not on drugs, had a very small bit of alcohol in her system, but also noted that based on the toxicology report, she had not taken enough of her meds or had recently stopped them. And that is kind of where, yeah. I mean, she was found, it's February 21st, and she went missing on January 31st. So you can do the math. That's 21 days. What just happened? Um, We're having some technical difficulties if you're listening. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Apparently somebody... I'm so sorry about that. I just <laughs> my AirPod. <laughs> for a second i thought zoom cut us off because it wasn't the full 10 minutes and i was gonna be like really um that would have been stingy yeah if you're listening to this or if you ever listen to this you're just gonna hear me be like hello <laughs> what but um back to the case at hand so yeah her body was found and i mean the investigation pretty much like stopped and they just ruled her death to be like an accident And a couple of, there's really only two main theories that I've come across on the internet um, for like what could have happened. And the first is obviously that she might have been suffering from a mental break of sorts and that she might have been suffering from hallucinations and could have gotten into the tank somehow. And the second is that she was a victim of foul play and that she was murdered. So what are your thoughts? I think, like, Occam's Razor is that hmm. she had a mental break and somehow ended up in the tank. I don't really think it's foul play. Yeah, I mean, I think that honestly is the theory that probably makes the most sense. 
I mean, based off the way that she was found, there was no, like, it is interesting, though, because if you look up, like, the toxicology reports and stuff and the way that the police handled the evidence, there's, like, some criticism that I saw, at least on Reddit, that maybe some of, like, the rape kits and stuff weren't processed correctly or at all, or that there was missing, like, confirmation that the rape kits didn't show any evidence of, like, skin cells beneath fingernails and stuff like that. And then... I saw online that some people suspected that there might have been evidence of sexual assault because in the autopsy report, they said that there was like blood pooling in her anus, which could have been like a sign of sexual sexual assault um, and that she had like a prolapsed anus too. But I mean, you have to remember this is like 21-ish days. Like it's, it's a decent decomposition. So I think that leads us to believe that she was in the tank for like a while. For Which her to disgusting to think about. Yeah, for her to have been, you know, decomposed that badly. So if she was in there for a while, I mean, I blood pools, especially because she was found like face up. If she was in that state, you know, that could explain it. But the fact that there wasn't How would she have gotten in the tank though? So I'm glad that you asked that question because that was another thing that people wanted to know. So the tanks themselves, there's about four on the roof of the CISO hotel. And I think they're like four feet by eight feet. They're cylinder water tanks and they're propped up on like concrete blocks. You can see like images of these on Google if you look it up. And there's no like set way to access them just from them being there. Hotel staff have to actually bring ladders and climb up the ladders to like access the tanks. And the hatches to get into the tanks are pretty heavy. So if she put herself in the tank or if she was placed in the tank and then the door was closed, that would be potential evidence of foul play because the way the hatch is, like it's significantly higher, I think, than like the water. So you'd, it's just really hard to access. But when the tank, when the body was found, the tank was reported to have been open. So that leads people to believe that she climbed in the tank somehow on her own and obviously couldn't shut the hatch like people kind of expected that she wouldn't be able to. Um, and the roof itself isn't actually like accessible from inside the building. Apparently, obviously, there is like a way to access it, but it's locked and the keys with the hotel staff. But a lot of people have reported that you can access the roof really easily through like fire escapes. And I think people have accessed the roof since then to like prove a point that you could get up there. But how she got into the tank without a ladder you know that's something i don't know that's kind of creepy but maybe she's just like real had like superhuman strength at that point or had like a lot of adrenaline she made it she might have i mean like based off of how her hallucinations have been in the past she seems to favor like small enclosed spaces especially because she typically hides under her bed so i mean i don't know why she wouldn't just hide under her bed in the room but I don't know. I mean, to be honest, there is like a third theory floating around and that's that there's something like paranormal involved. Um, I've heard that one circulated a lot where people think that she, even though she hadn't been taking her meds, people say that because there wasn't that much medication found in her system that she was functioning okay without them already for like a little bit of the time. And that when you see the elevator video, it's because she's like, I don't know, being tormented by paranormal things 
and somehow like I don't know ended up in the tank that's obviously not very plausible but that's one of the theories and the like last weird thing about this case is that after her death her tumblr was updated which is really weird but apparently you can like uh yeah you can schedule posts on tumblr I was going to say, you can schedule a post or somebody, like, people suspected that, like, her Tumblr might have gotten hacked, but that was, like, never confirmed, and I think people mostly believe that she just, like, scheduled posts because she was traveling. I mean, I do that. Yeah. But overall, I mean, this is a really, like, haunting and creepy case, and it's been talked about so much, like, there's I mean, so much- untreated mental illness really does kind of look paranormal. Yeah, I mean, but also, like, especially the video of, like, the elevator, that was what freaked people out, I think, the most, Um, because when police circulated it, basically overnight, it went viral, especially in China, and I had a lot of people, like, um, taking a really close eye to it, and some people were saying that, like, oh, the footage has been doctored, or it's been, like, sped up, or it's been, you know, weirdly tampered with by police to exclude or include things. But there's never been any, like, information to back that or support that. And um, the pop culture behind this is insane. I mean, like, there's so many references to this case that's been made. There's an entire Netflix documentary about it. And even in the Netflix documentary, the actual couple that, like, reported that water and, like, the, you know, they're in the documentary and they were saying how they were just like vacationing and how, you know, they went to use the water in their room and it was weird and tasted. I fun. think um, American Horror Story Hotel was like based off Cecil. I was just going to say that the American Horror Story too, like had a thing about it. There is so many different like references, but I think it's these... because a lot of people killed themselves there. And I think even um, the Night Stalker had stayed there at some point when he was being a serial killer. Yeah, I think I heard that too. And there's like a lot of crime that just like happens hidden in the Cecil Hotel. Like it's not a good hotel to stay at. I think they've tried really hard to like clean up their image since then, but yeah. Now it's just home to like a lot of true crime nerds. Yeah, people will like go there and do like ghost hunting and do all this kind of stuff. But I think, I don't know. It's just a really chilling, the video, like if you haven't seen it, Please watch it. Understand. Don't it was... watch it at night, though, and don't yeah. watch it if you're in a hotel. No, don't do it if you're going to be by yourself. It's it's not worth it. But I I do think if you have if you want to watch it, I, I would encourage you to because it's just such bizarre behavior, and like a lot of people obviously like speculate what was going on, but I think we also have to keep in mind that like mental illness is something that can really really affect people, and especially because of her own situation like you know we have to keep in mind that she could have been somebody who was suffering from a really severe mental break at that point and just I mean all all the signs that she had with the roommate that had to leave do yeah. show like she was on the verge of a mental break pretty much I mean she was though it is odd that like earlier that day she was reported as being like fine and like in a good mood and chipper but yeah but I mean she might have taken a little bit of the medicine or whatever it comes in waves yeah, that's true. It's not like a consistent state of paranoia. Like if I miss my anxiety pill one day, it takes me like more than a week to recover. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you're messing with your body's like, you know, neurochemical pathways 
So depriving your body of any of that is going to have significant effects. That's why a lot of the times you have to taper off of those medications very slowly and under the like, you know, supervision of a physician. But other than that, I mean, this case is like closed. And yeah, I think I finished since there was just no context to who she was. People really ran with it. But once you really learn the background of Eliza, it kind of does make sense of what happened. Yeah, I think so, too. And then, like I said, especially because of how her hallucinations favored her, like wanted her to favor tight and close spaces. I will say it is interesting, though, that she was found naked in the tank. I didn't mention that. I just remembered that. She might have taken them off. Like maybe she thought she was that or bad. Yeah, some people have been known to do that. Um, I mean, all of her belongings were found pretty much near her. I think the only thing that might never have been found was her cell phone. But all of her other belong, and I could be wrong, but all of her belongings, I think, were accounted for. Which That's is sad for her. Sad for her and sad for her family, too. I mean, like, they had her, like, she went on this trip and... They probably were so worried, too, about her going alone, you know? This is our worst nightmare that came true. Which is the really sad thing. Yeah, and, and to have people publicly like, speculate that some demon is chasing your daughter. Exactly. It's like, guys let's remember that there's a person at the center of this story and a person who was like struggling really hardcore with just probably very misguided psych psychiatric advice yeah and she died in such a gruesome way oh i know it's sad but any final comments from you no this case is really freaking me i did a part of me did want to like kind of stay at the hotel Cecil, but I, I don't really think I'll do it. Oh no! It's just really fascinating to me. I un no, like I can't even say I understand that willpower. No, absolutely not. No, I'd be safe about it, but I wouldn't go alone. No, thank you. I'm sure the rates are higher now too. I mean, I'm sure they are too, but you would, I would never. I don't care if I'm alone or not. Uh -uh. Maybe like for two hours or something. I probably wouldn't stay overnight. I would entertain walking in the building, but I'm not sleeping there. I wouldn't be able to sleep. I'm not sleeping there either. And I'm not using the water. No, don't, don't drink the water. There's, yeah, that is horrifying. In and of itself. That is what kills me the most, too, about this case. Uh, Yeah, because they drank her decomp which is her body fluids like after decomposition like I don't even know like how much can you sue for that I honestly don't think you can because they didn't even know and it was found out right away that like what was happening but like also what are the odds you went to that water I know but like after 21 days 21 days that's when it starts to become a problem that's a pretty significant amount of time but i will say it's january and february i mean we're talking about la here la doesn't get snow but it's not that cold it's not hot it's not like super hot there it's not super hot but it's not cold enough that it would preserve a body like long enough to prolong that no but maybe at night it could be because when i was living in arizona and i would get dark it would get really cold yeah i don't know all I'm saying is that's the one part of that case that really stuck out for me. I don't think I ever actually realized that the video was associated with that case until like 
not I mean obviously I've known that for a while but when I was younger I don't think I made the connection I just remembered the fact that people said that they tasted funny water and that they had black water and I was just like uh yeah no I learned that fact first then saw the video while we were in LA in 2013 uh yeah oh my gosh I guess we yeah that's creepy it's just scary what terrifying uh extremely that's a whole lot of nope but i have nothing else on this case if you don't i don't either but yeah that hotel descript video description got me skeeved out because staying at friends was an elevator (laughs) and i'm not worried about it um just (laughs) Just, 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 well, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) all I'm saying is just don't, you know, don't be a security guard in a building like that because you might have to see some. I would have hated to comb through those security footages just to find that because they probably put more than even of them what there really was. Yeah, I mean, mean? it's a hotel. I'm sure there's like tons of security cameras available and to have to sort through that and then to watch all of that, like it's significantly odd behavior. And you feel like the video is longer than it's in than it is, but it's only like two minutes and thirty seconds. But it feels like yeah, it's not long. No. Well, right. we'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next Let's week. Let's beat that statistic. Let's beat the statistic. Episode <laughs> six out of ten, guys. We got three more to go. Well, almost at seventy percent. Almost there. Bye. Bye.